0: Triple M Rush Hour. Hey, guys, your favourite podcast is just seconds away, but what if you could listen to it without worrying about using data? Got an offer for you right now. Uh, if you go to ilovedata.com.au you're going to get 50 gigs of data for only 59.95 a month. There's no contracts, there's no catches. It's ilovedata.com.au. Open that up on your browser now and let's get into the podcast.
1: Oh uh, yes, we are doing it from Melbourne tonight ahead of a very important World Cup qualifier between the Socceroos and Japan at Etihad. Mark Bosnich is with me. Plus a one-on-one chat with Israel Palau, Day 2 of the Phillip Hughes inquest and it's not getting any pretty and plenty of NRL signing news. Welcome to the Rush Hour. Uh, welcome aboard where it is still windy and miserable in Melbourne, but we're here for this big game tonight. Hello, it's been too long, Mark Bosnit. Good evening, Dan. How are you? We're sharing one microphone here, by the way. This is very, very, very intimate. So wonders of technology, but the problem is only one microphone connects to this machine. So I, I'm, glad, I'm glad you had your Listerine. I'll just say that. Thank you very much, buddy. Lucky I didn't have too many cigars either. This is a big game tonight, isn't it? We'll talk about it in depth shortly. But uh, Australia, Japan—this is about as good as it gets for the Socceroos.
2: Well, it is, and, and in terms of the context of the group as well, I, I think you know, I think it's actually it's, it's more important this game probably than a, than a lot that's going to be, to be in the future. Because regardless of of what everybody's sort of saying, and we, yes, we did have a great start. We won against Iraq and away to UAE. Um, but as I said after UAE, if we'd lost against Saudi Arabia and Japan, how's it going to look then? There's four teams going for three places. Two of the teams, us in Saudi Arabia, on seven. Japan and UAE are on six points. And although Japan haven't started the greatest, you know, they've got some very good players in that side. So super individuals, Kazuki Honda, Shinji Kagawa, and uh, Shinji uh, Oso- uh, Okazaki as well from Leicester City. So um, th- we are going to be very, very careful. As like I said, there's only three places out
1: of those four or okay, right, what we might do is take a song it's not going to be all Socceroos but plenty on, on them obviously uh, we will catch up with Israel Folau something very strange is going on at the Bulldogs we'll talk about that and this Philip Hughes inquest my goodness it is so sad this is the Rush Hour here on Triple M doing it from Melbourne
0: the Triple M Rush Hour Triple
1: M this is the Rush Hour as we do it from Melbourne special edition the Smiling Boz the Smiling Assassin is with me <laughs> thank you Danny uh, now, kick-off tonight, by the way, 8 o'clock. Uh, now, that's New South Wales time. Queensland time, it'll be 7. So it'll be straight after this show. And here we go, Boz. For the first time in three months, I'm going to let you plug Fox. It's, uh, what, what channel's it on? Channel 505, Fox Sports 4, from 7 o'clock. We'll be,
2: we'll be doing the pregame with Adam Peacock, John Aloisi of Brisbane Raw, and uh, Robert Slater as well. And the game, like you said, starts at 8 o'clock. So it doesn't start so we'll start. That means 7 o'clock in Queensland, does it? Because of the daylight saving, right? That's it. Do you not think that maybe we should maybe sort of split? Like, the weather down here, let Victoria go independent, let Queensland go independent. Because <laughs> this is ridiculous. They're in
1: the same time zone and
2: they're an hour behind. What's going on, buddy?
1: It's about, by the way, it's about 13
2: degrees. Are they going to shut the roof for this? I don't oh, think they are. No, apparently they are. I must say, I've been here since yesterday. I know you've been here a bit longer. Well, I, I, that's what I'm saying to you. They felt like coming into a different country, so I think you know everyone's got their independence in you know how sort of Europe sort of splintered into a, you know 110 countries. Oh, are you want a Brexit-style situation? Oh, no, well, I think so. I think so. I think you know everyone else they, if they want to stay together fine, but I think yourself South Wales should seek independence. <laughs>
1: okay, all right. Now uh, we uh, we won't go too deeply into this, but we've got four teams. One point splits them all so we've got a this is a 16 group right this is the last group before we get to world cup qualifying you've got australia yeah before the world cup australia japan uae and saudi arabia are all either on seven or six points this is the fourth game out of ten so we're not into uh, make or break stuff but but if they let let it slip then they could be in trouble japan now Are they not the team they used to be? Because they let a a game against Saudi Arabia go, uh, what, a few weeks ago?
2: Yeah, you're 100% right. So we've got Australia on seven points, Saudi Arabia on seven points, Japan six, United Arab Emirates six. And Japan, yes, they've they've struggled. They lost to the UAE, United Arab Emirates, at home, 2-1 in their opening game only beat iraq during the week with a 95 minute 95th minute rather goal um if you look at their team on paper they look absolutely superb but as we know games aren't played on paper but back to your original point now saudi arabia play uae tonight at home so obviously australia play japan but like you said if we there's only three places out of four that the first two are automatic to get to russia the third one has to go through a playoff if we happen to lose tonight It's going to put a real severe dent in our qualification hopes.
1: This is a huge game. And I was reading a stat in the the local paper down here. This is nine times Australia and Japan have met since Australia moved into Asia. Australia's only won twice. And the first one was 2006, and the last one was, I think, 2010. So it's been a long time.
2: It's been a really long time. And I think the last time we beat them, I think, yeah, 2010 or 2009, it was actually down here at the MCG, and Tim Cahill popped up and and scored two goals, uh, obviously including the winner as well. But that's a long time. It's about seven years. It was 2009 since we've actually defeated Japan. Um, They've had the better of us in, in the recent encounters. And the World Cup qualifiers have always been very, very close. Um, draw here, draw there, but uh, you're 100% right. People talk about, yes, um, from a psychological point of view, I think Australian minds just think back to Kaiserslaut in in, in 26, but since then, like you said, really 2009, like I said, or 2010, whatever it was, and that's it.
1: How are we going? Because we've still got two games against Thailand, who are the who are the, let's be honest, the weakest team in, in the group. So th- th- there should be six points there. So even though it's very tight, Australia's going pretty well, aren't they? Oh, so far, so good.
2: Um, opening game against Iraq, superb win. Very good win away from home of United Arab Emirates, who are a very good side. And a point in Saudi Arabia, I'll, I'll take that point. There were 61,000 people there, 31 degrees Celsius in heat. And uh, it was a very, very close game. In the end, a great save by Matty Ryan, you know, from Shamrani right towards the end. Basically kept it at two-two. So, so far so good. But like I said, it's going to be crucial now. You have got four teams going into those, and you know what? I've got to say this: whoever finishes third are going to really struggle to qualify because they have to play off the th- with the other third-place team in Asia, home and away, and then go play. I think it's the fifth team from CONCACAF, which is the North American and Central American group. So they'll find it very, very difficult.
1: So we got to finish. We got to finish top two. We got to finish top two. Who is okay? Who is Australia's not necessarily best player? Who is Australia's most important player?
2: For me, the most important player for Australia is Tommy Rogic. And I'll tell you why. Because when he fires, it's very rarely that Australia get beat. Um, He's got a superb talent. He's got a talent that probably no Australian player has ever had in history and that he he can really open up things, and and one-on-one, he's absolutely fantastic. He's a true what we call number 10 in our sport, a little bit like a great quarterback in NFL, Um, a great halfback, like Peter Sterling type, someone like that, at Andrew Johns, somebody who can create something out of nothing and do something on the pitch that other players can't do. There's several other important players, of course, but I just believe the more and more he comes to realise his potential, the better this team will be. He is somebody that can actually, like I said, can do something different
1: outside the box that basically only a few people in the world can do. Okay. We've got a few other things to talk about. We've got to get to some other sports as well, so let's take a break. This is the Rush Hour, doing it for Melbourne ahead of the Socceroos versus Japan.
0: Guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. We did mention at the start of the show that we've been handed an incredible deal from OVO Mobile. So if you switch to OVO Data Sim... You're going to get 50 gig for $59.95 on 4G. And this is going to change how you enjoy listening to music, video, sport, all the stuff you do on your mobile device with nothing more than a new sim. And get this just for you for listening right now. OVO will give you the first month at half price. Let's do some math. Let's work that out. A whole month to enjoy 50 gig on 4G for just $29.95, then $59.95 after that. So, there's no contract, and Ovo will instantly upgrade your plan to any better offers they release as part of their "more for fans" promise. And with 50 gig, you can afford to catch up with us more often. Open your browser now and get on at iLoveData.com.au. 50 gig for 59.95 on 4G, and then half price for the first month. iLoveData.com.au. Now, let's get back to the show.
2: Rush hour Triple M. This is Mark Bosnich here. And at the early part of the show, we had Dan Ganane obviously talking about my sport, which is football. Now it's time to turn the tables. And now we talk about Dan's sport in rugby league. And I'm going to start off with this Canterbury Bulldogs, Dan. I'm hearing strong rumours from my friends in rugby league that they might be thinking about sacking Des Hasler. Take it away.
1: <laughs> That's very good, Boz. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on, but they're leaking stories to the media. Which is what they did a few years ago with Kevin Moore. Apparently, they, they, they want some ridiculous clause that Des has to finish in the top four to trigger a new contract. So, they're doing everything they can. Uh, this is what I read from what i you know it's been to a couple of people. What, what I read into this is that they want him to walk. They want to create a situation that's so untenable, they don't want to pay him a million, million plus for his final year of his contract. They'd be quite happy for him to go. So there's a board meeting on Friday. I don't know what's going to happen, Boz, but he'd, he's, he'd be mad to walk. I don't think he is, but they're going to cut all his funding. It's the most expensive football department in the game. How many have they got uh, backroom stuff? Something like 18 or something, I've heard. Whatever it is, it's the most. They spend more than anyone else, and they've been a, uh, they see their last four years as pedestrian. So they have made the finals, and ironically... Des has done something no one had done there in 75 years. That's made the finals five years in a row, but that's not good enough for Canterbury. The last four years, even though they made the grand final one of those years, they see it as a failed operation because they've basically limped into the finals, got hot once, uh, but really haven't got close. Even that year, they, they probably were out of South Sydney's league, so that's not good enough for the Bulldogs. And I think they're mobilised. When Terry Lamb came out 18 months ago, and said Dez doesn't get the culture. That was the big sign that Canterbury's favourite son is coming out and bagging. He walked it back, but the damage was done. It was obvious that they were starting to move behind the scenes to move Des on. So I'm not sure if Des is going to walk. I think they want him to, but I think we're going to have a very ugly year at Belmore.
2: Well, just a little question for you. We had a similar situation with Robbie Farrar. Obviously, the Tigers have decided they don't want him. They're trying to make the situation untenable for him, so they don't want to pay him out. You just mentioned that again for for Des Hasler. Why is this in rugby league? Then when you sign a contract, you sign a contract. So um, I don't understand. Either you pay the guy out what you own, say, like, okay, we, we want to move on. or But this situation of making it untenable, so it's basically cutting your nose to spite your face. So... From a supporter's point of view, I'll be thinking to myself, well, okay, you want to change a manager, but why make us suffer for another season just so you can win your own personal battle? Why is that?
1: There's no point. If he's not going to be there beyond next year, there's no point having him because they can't recruit because they don't know who the coach is going to be. So if they want to if they want to get rid of him, they've got the money, pay him out, thank him for his time, and, and, and let's move on. But they don't want to pay 1.2. That's the thing. They would rather he walk. Because remember from at Manly, he, it was all over and a huff. They won the comp, he was gone a week later. And they, I think, are hoping that he might go and get himself another job somewhere else and just, and, and think, well, geez, I, I, I need to find a better situation than this. I'm going to go. But he's too smart for that. He's not going to give up $1.2 million on a whim. He, he he will have to have something else in place, and I don't think that's going to happen in the next few days. Exactly right. Okay, everybody,
2: Rush out Triple M. This is Mark bossage We'll be back after the next after the next sports update.
0: Now, on the Rush Hour, when coaches attack. Ah! College basketball coach, Kevin Borseth. That's how I feel.
1: Damn sick and tired of getting out rebounded. 25 offensive rebounds, first time we block out,
3: we get called for a damn block out. We're pushing people. They're on the other court grabbing a rebound, go over the top and grabbing them. We get one
1: offensive rebound, and the other we get called for over the back. We we don't block out very damn well and we're not getting called, one or the other. That's where I'm frustrated. That's where my whole frustration comes in. Offensive rebounds. The entire thing came down to offensive rebound. They got every offensive rebound and we didn't get one of them.
3: I'm not going to sleep. Sorry. I apologise, but I'm very frustrated. It's the rush
1: hour. The Triple M Rush Hour. Ah, uh, yes, Triple M. I've got the mic back. <laughs> it's the rush hour. Doing it for Melbourne. Let's do
0: this. Not just tiles and bathrooms. ABL Tile and Bathroom Centre, Your one-stop renovation shop. abltilecenter.com.au Right now, this is the Triple M Rush Hour.
1: Sports Update. Boss, I'm not trying to hit on you, but I have to get closer to you. Every time I drag my my, my chair closer because we're sharing the one microphone, you back away.
2: Don't back away. You're joking, aren't you?
1: Josh Hoffman is off to the Parramatta Reels for three years. He leaves the Titans after a couple of reasonable seasons. Rory Cost-Jason has left the Cowboys to join Newcastle on a two-year deal. That's a good pickup for them. And Tyrone Peachy is the latest retention success for the Panthers. He signed for two more years, so... Boy, oh boy, they've done a great job keeping everyone uh, there that um, that they've wanted to. In fact, they've pretty much kept the entire squad. As I'm sure you've heard by now, the New South Wales government has backed down on its greyhounds ban. That was rubber stamped today by Premier
2: Mike Baird. What do you think of that, Boz? It's the right decision. Um, You're talking about people's livelihoods. um, As long as you've got standards in place, and look, you know, I've been back in the in the country since 2008. I love Sydney. I love New South Wales. But when you have a problem, you can't go ahead and ban everything. Just like with the lockout laws, you have a problem. That's it. No more, you know, no more changing clubs from 10:30. No more drinks after that. You can't do that. And, and, And no matter what anyone says. He's shown adaptability. He's actually been a man enough to turn around and say he was wrong with the decision. Obviously, there must be some rules in place to safeguard the welfare of the animals. That's 100%. But you can't go and just basically take all the good people's livelihoods away from them just for the sake
1: of a few bad eggs. But he couldn't even get this right in that he was captured going to dinner with Alan Jones. Now, how pathetic and weak does it look when a premier is going to get the permission, the approval of a talkback host.
2: Well, that's all speculation. Alan Jones is very, is obviously a very, very...
1: I'm not bagging Alan. No. I'm no. saying it's a weak look to to then come crawling and go to his place for a private dinner. Someone's leaked the story, so a photographer's there, and there's the Premier trying to get the approval of a talkback host.
2: No, I don't think it's that, because we don't know what that what was spoken about no. at that dinner. No, I'm serious. Alan Jones is a, is a massive part of the Liberal Party, whether it be a federal or whether it be state. And uh, he's obviously there for a whole lot of people, not just politicians, but for a whole lot of people across a wide spectrum of society for advice. Mike Baird is a man. He's entitled to go have dinner with anyone he wants to.
1: When you're the Premier, when you're the Premier and you're making this decision the next day, it's a weak look. It looks like you are being controlled by a member of the media. No, it doesn't. And he would have made that decision well before last night. And the second part of the... We're not going to ground that, are we? The second part of the Brock miniseries nosedived in the ratings. It seems uh, the makers did such a good job, Boz, of making Brock so unlikable that people didn't want to watch it in the end. Oh, well, what are you going to do? Different strokes with different folks? Huh? <laughs> did you Have you ever been approached to do a mini-series? Uh, Mini series,
2: no, but books, yes. But uh, like I said, I think a book is something that you write right, you know, towards the end, and you know,
1: hopefully the bozo's got a lot to come. <laughs> <laughs> that is a sports update for ABL Thailand Bathroom Centre. Israel Falau is going to join us one on one a little bit later uh, as we do the show from Melbourne. The
0: Triple M Rush
1: Hour. Ah, uh, yes, Izzy Philour coming up shortly. Now this is normally where we bring Sash in for a news update. We're giving her an early mark because we're out of town, Boz. So uh, let's just talk about uh, what happened today at the Philip Hughes inquest this is so sad much like day one players were interrogated basically like the, the criminals and tears were shed again this time it was South Australian batsman Tom Cooper he was on the stand now he was up the other end when Hughes was struck and today had to see off some very pointed questioning about what was said on the field Cooper uh, intimated that Doug Bollinger you know, he was under the pump yesterday Cooper says that he did not say, Bollinger, that he was going to kill either of the batsmen and the sledging level was normal for a shield game. Um, It was put to Cooper that he was the one that told Phillip's brother that the sledging on the field was pointed and fierce. The umpires took to the stand as well and they said there was uh, nothing untoward. So An inquiry which is expected to go for five days, and as we said yesterday, every strand is going to be inspected here, like ambulance response time and and cricket um, and helmets and safety and those sorts of things, has suddenly become a very personal and bitter battle where divisions are being caused. Players are sort of being treated as if they're criminals. It's, it's, It's... And it's public. This is what I don't get, Boz. I know an inquiry is supposed to be public, but something sensitive like this, I'm not sure why it couldn't have been done behind closed doors. I'm going to take it at task. Number
2: one, I don't believe that they're being treated like criminals, and I believe that they have to, for the sake of Mr and Mrs Hughes, go down there and give their complete recollection. Those parents are never going to have full closure, nor, nor is the whole family, but they deserve to know exactly what happens, even if it is a ball by bore, and so does, bless his soul, Philip Hughes deserves that for after what happened to him, so I don't believe they're being treated like criminals. In terms of it being public, well, it is in the public's interest. We all need to know because there are so many people, especially youngsters, girls and boys who play cricket, and we want as a public to know basically what, our, what we're putting our children into because you're putting into a sport that basically is not safe enough for the safety of your children. We want to know why and how and how can we prevent it in the future. Already they've brought in, obviously, the English helmets uh, straight after that incident. Um, But I I believe that the Hughes family in general deserve to know a a ball-by-ball account of exactly how they lost their son on that tragic day.
1: Let's say Bollinger did say the words that he's been accused of saying I'm going to kill you, I'm going to hurt you I'm going to hit you let's say Brad Haddon as captain uh, he he set fields and, and, and took up tactics that were designed to unsettle Hughes with short pitch bowling let's say all that comes out what have we achieved? because those things are legal and part of cricket
2: What have we achieved? It's not about what we have achieved. It's helping giving a form of closure to the Hughes family. When you lose somebody close to you, you want to know everything. Um, If you speak to people who have lost people close to them, um, they want to know every last detail, and they deserve
1: that. And I think that's the least that all of us can give them, considering the loss that they had. Okay, but there's there's already enough damage. A life has been lost. There's some collateral damage now coming out of this.
2: Well, I think that pales into the significance, the collateral damage, into the damage that the Hughes family has gone through. That's what I'm saying to you. So it's, you know, if they want him to be on the stand for the whole day, then so be it. Just go and do that and just tell him exactly what happened from your recollection and from your point of view. That family, the Hughes
1: family, deserves that. Okay, this is the Rush Hour. Israel Folau coming up next. The Triple M Rush Hour. This is the Rush Hour getting you ready for... Soccer Roos as we do it live from uh, Melbourne tonight. But we're going to talk another sport here because we've got the great Israel Falau on the line. Hello, Izzy. Hey, mate, how you going? Mate, I'm going all right. We are here at the Soccer roos. Are you? A, a, do you like soccer? Do you like other sports?
3: Yeah, I do. I do actually watch uh, other sports, and um, it's always good to to follow um, yeah you know, other sporting nations and and support them. All right, you are promoting a
1: brand new tournament. Uh, it's called the. Global Tens, tell me about this tournament.
3: Yeah, look, it's it's uh, the first time uh, they're actually doing it. It's um, over in uh, Suncorp, um, February 11th and 12th. So it's um, yeah, plenty of plenty of games will be played over over those over those two days. I think it's 28 games. Uh, and there's about 14 teams involved, so five Australian uh, teams, five New Zealand-based teams, and four uh, overseas-based teams that that enter the uh, the competition as well. So it's going to be great fun, and um, looking forward to to being a part of it. You know, people will f- won't realise this. You've been
1: a professional athlete for a decade now.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Are you tired yet? Uh, not yet, mate. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm still loving every uh, every moment moment of it, and it's. Uh, Mate, these, these last 10 years have flown by and it's, it's been um, you don't know where, where it's gone but yeah, one thing you do know is, is that you want to enjoy every single uh, moment of it because uh, before you know it uh, it's time to hang the boots up and um, yeah, you, miss, you miss every, every bit of uh, the things that you go through
1: that is to be a pro at 17 I'm, that, that is so unique how long do you reckon it took you to get comfortable to be in the spotlight
3: um I, I reckon it it, it uh, took me a good yeah you know, at least three years you know to, to, to get comfortable and um, you know there's certainly a lot of things that you you have to learn along the way and um, you know like I said I'm still learning right now but you know I've been I guess I've been fortunate enough to to go through the experience that I have and you know just some of the younger guys um, that I come across in, in, in the teams that I play yeah, you're lucky enough to pass in a few things that I've learnt from my time but it's yeah it took me a good I guess three yeah. to five years to, to actually get really comfortable with yeah. how uh, how things run I've read quotes uh,
1: from you from a few weeks ago where you were frustrated it, it just hasn't happened yep. for you this year hasn't happened for the Wallabies I don't think I don't think you're the stand out here why has yeah. why hasn't it just happened this year Izzy? Um I, you
3: can't really I, I guess you can't really put your finger to a certain thing um you know, it's uh, some things don't really go your way. Um, you know, some seasons and you know you, you tend to go up and down. But I think it's been, like I said, it's been frustrating because I know that I, I can certainly play a lot better than what I have been. But um, you know, I, I guess it's a great challenge for me to, to, to keep persevering and keep working hard, and hopefully, uh, in time, um, you know, those performances will come. Because is he you're in the spotlight
1: more than a lot of the other? Let's be honest. You are in the spotlight. I mean, we're talking to you yeah. now. Do you feel like you have to be better than the others?
3: Uh, I, I, no, I I don't. I don't feel like I have to be better. I just, I, I guess, I have a high standard of myself. You know that I that I always set, and um, you know sometimes it might be a little bit higher than uh, the guys, most guys around me. But you know that's how I've always been, and if I don't reach. Uh, that standard or that benchmark, I, I'm i a really uh, hard mark on myself, you know, so I, I can't really let that go uh, unless I, I know I've reached my full potential and that, for me, has to be on a week-to-week basis, you know, and uh, I think this year has been the, the hardest uh, in terms of, of um, playing to my best, but, um, yeah, like I said, I, it's a great chance for me to, to try and keep pushing through. All right, well, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure.
1: I went through your Twitter feed to look for something controversial. Izzy, you, you, you're too good a bloke. I mean, there's a lot of religious stuff that's very nice, and then just you all loved up. But there's no controversy, Izzy. <laughs> uh, uh, you sound like a good fella, Izzy, and it's been an. I think it's the first time we've been on the rush hour, so it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Oh mate, thanks for
3: having me, mate.
1: Brisbane Global Tens. It's on the weekend of the 11th and 12th of November at Suncorp, with the Super Rugby teams to uh, Toulon, the Samoa national team. The Panasonic Wild Knights, the South African Blue Bulls uh, will be there as well. So it's going to be a big weekend. Israel Fuller joining us on the Rush Hour. More after this. The
0: Triple M Rush Hour. Yes,
1: indeed. Doing it uh, live from uh, Melbourne as we get ready for this Socceroos Japan game. Boz has just had to duck away. He'll be back for the end of the show. Just a a couple of things in the world of sport we we haven't had time to get to. Um, Probably not many baseball fans out there. uh, But there was a playoff game that ended today... At 5.45pm Sydney time, 4.45 Queensland time. That's how late it was in the States. It was in San Francisco. The Giants beat the Cubs 6-5 in 13 innings. So for those that are interested in that sport, that's an amazing uh, contest that went into the wee hours uh, on the West Coast in the States. Now, we've had uh, the New Zealand team named for the Test match against Australia on Saturday, that's rugby league in Perth, and it is a formidable team. Solomon A. Carter and Jordan Rapana will make their debuts. Uh, that is uh, uh, their first uh, their first test. But there's also the return of Jared Waria Hargreaves, and that forward pack looks absolutely magnificent. So the Kangaroos, they don't tend to lose to New Zealand at home too often, but they might have their work cut out for them on Saturday with the likes of Jason Taumalolo, Proctor, Harris, Isaac Luke and Hooker. It is a very good-looking team. Uh, we are live uh, at, uh, at Melbourne, and as I said before, you might have missed it. Football people don't have to worry about putting out television ratings or 60,000 at derbies. For the state of the game to be in a healthy state, you uh, you have no idea just how many kids are outside the ground. As I said earlier, I reckon three or four thousand, and they're all there. They're either in their school sports uniform or their club uniform, and they're all running around kicking soccer balls and 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 yahooing. I've never seen anything like it. Three hours before the game, there are a few parents there, but so many kids. I tell you. They should be very, very happy with uh, the state of play and I don't know what they're going to get tonight, 40,000 plus, but um, uh, they they, they try and boast about... Television ratings don't do that. Just worry about the amount of kids you got. There's the strength of your game right there. Boz is back for the uh, final uh, segment, which we'll do right after this rush hour. Triple M. Triple M.
0: Rush
1: hour. Triple M. Just about done. Don't forget, you can see Boz and his cohorts on Fox tonight. What are you looking at there, Boz? Oh, just a quick update of the
2: World Cup qualifiers last night in Europe. Uh, Holland lost one nil to France. Sweden beat Bulgaria three 0 Belarus drew one one of Luxembourg's. Other highlights included Estonia losing to Greece two 0 and Gibraltar being beaten six nil by Belgium and bosnia now beat Cyprus 2-0 there you go buddy
1: this is why we need two microphones I, you took that microphone off me and a li- tonight what's going to happen
2: I think it's going to be a draw I think it's going to be a very very tight game and I think you'll see even though Japan struggled so far in the group when it's such a big game and they've got such champion players they're going to rise to the occasion it's going to be a very very close game and like I said I think it'll be a draw
1: when do we see Cahill 60 minutes I'd like to see him from the start, but, yeah, I think you're about right, 60 minutes. All right, well, uh, go good tonight on TV. We will catch up with you soon. Thank you very much, Dan. Thank you very much, Triple M. This is a Mark Bossage production. <laughs> We're done. We'll talk to you tomorrow back in the studio. The Triple M Rush Hour.